Hi, I'm Adrian, the host of She's So Cool, a female empowerment podcast. This show is for listeners who want to learn about strong and influential women. Welcome to She's So Cool, where you will hear the life stories of female changemakers each week. Each woman's story will inspire you to embrace who you are, love yourself fiercely, and pursue your dreams. Before I get started, I want to let you know that this episode includes topics that might be difficult for some listeners. These topics include sexual abuse, suicide, and eating disorders. Please check the show notes for resources about these topics if you or someone you know needs help or support. On this episode, you will learn about the struggles and successes of Jane Fonda, who has held many different roles throughout her life. She is living proof that we can overcome our challenges and become better versions of ourselves. Do you strive for perfection? Have you ever felt like you aren't good enough? Do you sometimes feel empty or anxious? Or have you ever wished your body looked different? These are all things Jane has struggled with. I'm here to share her story so we can learn and benefit from her experiences and wisdom. Jane Fonda is a well-known actress, author, activist, fashion model, and fitness guru. She has lived a full life with many different personas. In this episode, I will examine Jane's complicated family history, her desire to please men, her negative self-image, her activism, and the female friendships that led her to finding her happiness and true identity. Before researching for this episode, I knew that Jane Fonda had workout videos in the 80s and 90s. I'm also a huge fan of her Netflix show, Grace and Frankie, where she stars alongside Lily Tomlin. But that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge. I didn't even know that she was an activist until I saw Lily Tomlin carrying a clutch with Jane's mugshot at a Grace and Frankie red carpet event. So I'm really excited to share what I've learned about Jane with you. She was born Lady Jane Seymour Fonda. Although she grew up with more resources and privilege than most, her childhood was not without tragedy. She's the daughter of the late actor Henry Fonda, and her mother, Frances Ford Seymour, was a Canadian-born socialite who committed suicide when Jane was 12. Jane was told that her mother died of a heart attack, but learned the truth about her mother's death when she was past a movie magazine in study hall. This article was written about her father, and it stated that his ex-wife had committed suicide by slitting her throat with a razor. Jane had a complicated relationship with her mom because her mom always seemed sick and detached. In adulthood, Jane hired a lawyer to help her get access to her mother's medical records. She learned that her mother had been sexually abused and been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. After learning this information about her mom, Jane had a new understanding of her mother's struggles. She dedicated her 2005 memoir, My Life So Far, to her mother. As a young girl, Jane was confident and self-assured. As a child, she sided with what she called the winning team. That team was the man. She had always seen her mom, and women in general, as a victim. 
As she grew into her womanhood, she lost her confidence and self-assurance. She began assuming a facade to please the men in her life. This behavior started with her dad, but extended into her future romantic relationships. She would do whatever the men in her life wanted her to do because she wanted them to love her. Jane's dad thought that she was fat, and he let her know it. She heard her father say things that impacted the way she perceived herself and her body. She didn't like her body or herself. She learned to see herself through the eyes of the people who were judging and objectifying her. She felt like she could never live up to the expectations of others and experienced a lifelong feeling of not being good enough. In her 2018 HBO documentary, she said, I'm glad that I look good for my age, but I've had plastic surgery. I'm not going to lie about that. On one level, I hate the fact that I have had the need to alter myself physically to feel that I'm okay. I wish I wasn't like that. I wish I was braver than what I am. While in boarding school, Jane began binging and purging with her roommate. They learned about this from Roman history and did not realize how dangerous and addictive this behavior would be. Jane's disordered eating lasted for about 25 years. It began her sophomore year and lasted through two marriages and two children into her early 40s. She was alternatively bulimic and anorexic. She said she would maybe eat one soft-boiled egg and some spinach per day. Jane took control of her body by going cold turkey. She said it was really, really hard, but she got over the addiction, which changed her perception of herself. Jane was trying not to be defined by men, yet a lot of people were defining her, and all of them were men. She stated that none of her marriages were democratic because she was too worried about pleasing. She felt like she had to be a certain way, in order for her husbands to love her. She felt like she had to look a certain way, and she looked different for all of them. She married her first husband, French director Roger Vadim, when she was 28. They were married for eight years, and they had a daughter together. This was her Barbarella phase, during which she became a sex symbol. This persona was orchestrated by Vadim himself, but Jane ultimately left him. She left to become an activist. Jane didn't leave Vadim for another man, but for the social issues she had become aware of throughout her marriage to him. Her mind was no longer on Hollywood. Her focus had turned to full-time, on-the-ground activism. Jane married her second husband, Tom Hayden, a fellow activist, three days after her divorce from Vadim was finalized. She was constantly trying to prove to him that she wasn't spoiled. They lived in a shack with no dishwasher or washing machine. They had a son together, Troy Garrity. Their son stated that they holidayed in conflict zones, that he was potty trained in the Vietnam bomb shelter, and that his first 13 birthdays were fundraisers. Jane visited North Vietnam for two weeks in 1972. On her last day, she was taken to an enemy military site for a ceremony. This is where she made the, quote, 
unforgivable mistake of sitting in the seat of an enemy gun. A photographer captured this, and that photo went viral, which led to protests and petitions against Hanoi Jane. Jane has stated that she will go to her grave regretting the decision to take that seat. Troy also stated that, quote, Jane used film as a platform to affect change. Some of these films include Coming Home, The China Syndrome, and Nine to Five. As Lily Tomlin put it, Jane is always looking for what's the most important current issue to deal with, and Nine to Five was her invention. She decided to do a movie about the Nine to Five women. In addition to her activism through acting, Jane and Tom started Laurel Springs Camp in Santa Barbara, where they met Mary Lulu Williams. Lulu was the daughter of some Black Panthers. In Lulu's adolescence, she had been sexually assaulted, her father was in jail, and she was struggling in school. Jane and Tom unofficially adopted Lulu when she was about 14 years old. I think this just shows how big of a heart Jane has for others. Some people may still see her as Hanoi Jane, or may make judgments about her character based on her decision to get plastic surgery. But this is just one example of how selfless and caring she is, regardless of her other life decisions that you may or may not agree with. Tom and Jane wanted to start a business that would fund the Campaign for Economic Democracy, a political movement they created together. This is how the Jane Fonda workout video was born. Jane wrote the script for the video on the floor of a hotel room. She did her own hair and makeup. Almost overnight, the video became, and remains, the number one home video of all time, with over 17 million copies sold. As a fitness instructor, I love this fun fact. I had no idea that her workout videos were created for any reason other than to provide people with an at-home workout option. All the proceeds from the sale of the video went to the Campaign for Economic Democracy. Jane was the first non-engineer to be inducted into the Video Hall of Fame because they credited her for building the video industry. If you're interested in seeing it yourself, you can find clips of the original workout video on YouTube. Although they accomplished a lot together, their marriage was a dark and painful time. After 17 years of marriage, they got divorced. The day after her divorce from Tom was final, billionaire media mogul Ted Turner called her and asked her out. She told him to call her back in six months. So he did. Ted is Jane's favorite ex-husband. It's really interesting how different all of Jane's ex-husbands were. I cannot imagine the contrast in her relationship to Tom versus her relationship to Ted. She went from one extreme to the other. Tom discouraged materialism, whereas Ted is the United States' largest private landowner. She learned a lot with all of the men in her life, but she learned the most with Ted. They were married for 10 years, and throughout their decade together, she became more of a feminist her focus became more and more on women's empowerment. She said that it was hard to be a complete feminist when she was in a marriage that did not allow her to be authentic. She said they had a wonderful 10 years together, but she had to hide a part of herself in order to please him. So she left. 
After learning Jane's story, this decision is one that keeps coming back to me. She was relatively happy in her third marriage, but she had given up her work for him. She had previously used her career as a way to bring certain issues to light, so she made a comeback to acting after a 15-year break. If you haven't seen it yet, watch Jane in Feminists, What Were They Thinking? on Netflix. In 2018, HBO came out with a documentary about Jane called Jane Fonda and Five Acts. The first four acts were defined by the men in her life. The fifth and final act is titled Jane, because as she puts it, she finally came into her own voice and realized that she didn't need a man to be whole. I think this is a simple yet profound discovery. Our society overemphasizes the importance and necessity of romantic relationships, so much that we often forget that it isn't actually necessary for us to be in a relationship to be happy or whole. We need to stop seeing single women as desperate for love, too picky, or too committed to their work to find a mate. Some women may be perfectly content being single, and we need to support this decision rather than encourage them to get out there and start dating because there are other perfectly acceptable ways of living life besides the standard that society has set for us. If you're like me and often feel like you need to be perfect at everything, listen to Jane's personal experience with perfection. Jane stated, I spent so much of my life feeling as if I'm not perfect. No one can love me. I realize trying to be perfect is a toxic journey. Wanting to be perfect is to want the impossible. It took me a long, long time to realize we are not meant to be perfect. We are meant to be whole. I was in my 60s before I realized that I could be who I was, and that was okay. She's So Cool is a female empowerment podcast. It was created to share the stories of strong and influential women. And I believe Jane is so cool because she stands up for what she believes, even if there may be negative backlash from the media. She isn't afraid to potentially tarnish her public image for the sake of supporting the issues that matter to her. She leans on her female friends for love, support, and encouragement. During a TED Talk about female friendships, she said, Women friendships are like a renewable source of power. I am most myself when I am with my women friends. I exist because I have my women friends. They make me stronger. They make me smarter. They make me brave. While being interviewed by The Independent last year, prior to the release of her HBO documentary, she was asked about the biggest personal obstacle that she has had to overcome, and this is her answer. Getting over the feeling that you're a fraud. Getting over the feeling that you don't deserve love and respect. It has nothing to do with objective reality. It has to do with what you were made to believe when you were young. That sense of who you were. If you're not perfect, you're not going to be loved. Most of the men in my life told me I was superficial. It took me until I was a single woman in my 60s to feel like I was starting to become who I was meant to be. 
We're all works in progress, and even though I've never felt better than I do now, at 80, I'm still a work in progress. And I like to talk about that, because I think it gives women hope. I'm thankful to Jane for being so open and vulnerable while sharing her life story. During her TED Talk about female friendships, she said, We have to listen to each other's narratives. And I love this because it validates the purpose of She's So Cool. We can always learn from hearing each other's stories. So what can we learn from Jane's life story? As different people with different experiences, I think we will likely benefit in different ways. But these are the top things I took away from learning her story. The unnecessary act of striving for perfection is not in line with the necessary act of self-love. Seeking perfection can have negative consequences on our daily lives. Instead, we should try to strive for excellence. As Jane says, we need to remember that good enough is good enough. As a perfectionist myself, this is one of the biggest lessons I could have learned from Jane. Even in the making of this podcast, I have given myself more grace than I would have prior to hearing her story. Jane has lived in the limelight for the majority of her life. As a young girl, she had confidence. As she became more aware of society and its expectations, she began to feel like she wasn't good enough. It wasn't until she was in her 60s before she was able to come to terms with who she was. She learned that she is most herself when she is with her female friends. I feel most like myself when I'm with a small group of close female friends, while dancing or while teaching fitness classes, and also while I'm hiking with my husband. What helps you make you feel most like yourself? It could be anything, but hold on to it, whatever it is. Jane had a negative self-image. She didn't like her body. She didn't like herself. She was afraid of not being loved. She changed who she was to please others. Because of this, she struggled with eating disorders for nearly three decades. Unfortunately, our society has often dictated what is beautiful, which can have very negative consequences. Your body, as it is in this moment, is beautiful. I think most women have struggled with negative body image at one point or another. Instead of critiquing yourself in the mirror, try to be grateful for all that your body does for you on a daily basis. After her mother died and her father remarried, Jane had perpetual low-grade anxiety. Her son said, I think her light was almost put out when she was a child. So I think she likes to find people who are in danger of losing theirs and rekindle it. Jane coped with her anxiety by helping others because it made her happy. What brings you joy? Make sure you carve out time in your schedule to do that. I think Jane's story really exemplifies the She's So Cool motto. Embrace who you are, love yourself fiercely, and pursue your dreams. Jane has some really exciting stuff coming up. It was announced in July 2018 that Jane, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton are getting the gang back together for a remake of 9 to 5 with a modern twist. 
No release date has been shared, but I will keep you posted on that. I'm super excited that the fifth season of Grace and Frankie comes out on Netflix this Friday, January 18th. I can't wait to see what this season brings. The Producers Guild of America is honoring Jane with the Guild's 2019 Stanley Kramer Award, which honors individuals who raise public awareness of important social issues. Jane is being recognized for her legacy as an outspoken advocate, her lifetime of activism, and her philanthropic work. She will receive the award at the 30th Annual Producers Guild Awards on Saturday, January 19th. Jane has a lot to celebrate this week. And there's one more thing that's happening this weekend that I want to tell you about. But before I do, I want to share more of Jane's words with you. Last year, Jane said, Marching and protesting is really important. We have to move beyond saying no to saying yes and organizing. She said she was somebody with no political consciousness, that she led a rather hedonistic and vapid life, that she transitioned from that into activism and how that changed her work as an actress. She said, I know the depth to which people can change, and so I remain optimistic because of my own experiences. If you didn't already know, this Saturday and Sunday, January 19th and 20th, the Women's Wave is coming. The Women's March of 2019 is happening. To find a march near you, visit womensmarch.com or you can find the link in the show notes. I will be marching for the first time and I'm excited to share my experience with you. If you're planning to march, I want to hear your story. Although I'm sharing the life stories of these strong and influential women, you may notice that some details have been left out. I mention this because I want you to know that I have chosen to highlight specific parts of their stories because the content has been planned to help you reap the most benefit out of listening to this episode. If you find yourself wanting to learn more about these women, I am planning to share bonus content on Patreon when I launch my page. I'm waiting to launch because I want to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like. You can email me with suggestions at she'ssocoolpod at gmail.com. You can also see the show notes, sign up for email updates, and provide episode suggestions on she'ssocoolpod.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends to listen. Let's build a community together. Follow along for beautiful illustrations, inspiring quotes, and hints about next week's episode at She's So Cool Pod on Instagram. The cover art was created by Gabrielle Bourgeois, and the music was created by Broke for Free.